0: Ian, perhaps you'd like to describe your recording studio for the listeners. I have my microphone on a TARDIS. Of course. Which is on a pair of underpants. (laughs) And on top of the microphone is a white sock that you can see. To my left, I have an old duvet and two pillows around me. I'm so
1: professional.
2: <laughs> and what's that stain on the sock, Ian? I can see there.
1: <laughs> Why
3: is the sock wriggling, Ian? <laughs> That's because the sock's very happy to be here. It does look like you're talking to White Sorting Hat.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: looks Gandalf. Oh, Gandalf the Recorder. <laughs>
2: the weird thing is, I lost a sock about six months ago. The last I time you he did. visited my house,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I've been
0: sleeping with it every night since mm-hmm. we
2: kissed.
4: Do you often leave your socks at other people's houses?
0: All the time.
2: I do, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little treat. I mean, if you look behind you, Hazel, you'll see your second drawer down.
4: Um. Uh, it's also got a mark on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've missed you.
2: <laughs>
0: I've missed you too. <laughs> but what if
4: there is no tomorrow? There
2: wasn't one today.
4: Welcome to episode 87 of the NerdFest podcast. Today's nerds are...
3: Andy Chandler Ian McLaughlin Peter Johnson John Farthing
4: And I'm Hazel Burton. On today's show, it is Buff or Bluff, where we try and catch each other out with both true and made-up nerdy facts. Plus, the competition is fierce on this episode as... Ian, you're going to try and pit us against each other to see who will triumph in your movie quiz, is that right?
0: That's correct. I have a factoid movie quiz, which I think is interesting, and we'll see who scores.
4: Right. Let the conquest begin. Welcome back, Ian.
0: Hello. Nice to be it's back. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Hello.
4: Yeah. How are you?
0: I'm fine. I'm fine. I've just been dealing with our seven-year-old daughter, imaginary daughter, uh, Treacle. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Came very difficult at the moment, so uh, yeah, that's why I've been away for such a long time.
3: Imaginary daughters are such a difficult age, aren't they? Oh, they are. They're just so difficult.
4: <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for the listeners who haven't had the delight of meeting Cheekle, she's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we love her, you know. Sitting on you, wake up in the middle of the night, and she's just sitting on you, taking your breath.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Do
3: we want to reveal actually what Cheekle is, or would that spoil the magic? No. <laughs> Has
2: she stopped um, eating people yet?
0: Well, kind of. You know, we've got her down to like an arm and leg a day.
2: But you know, in general. <laughs> oh, that's good. She'll be out of the attic soon. Soonish.
4: <laughs> Ian, do you want to launch straight into your quiz, or do we want to talk about invisible people more?
0: I'd, 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 I think we shouldn't talk about her anymore because mm-hmm. she can hear us. I can hear her like stirring upstairs. Oh, so, in the lot, So <laughs> let's get on with the quiz straight away, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a um, an eight question quiz for you. I want you to write down your answers.
4: Oh, okay. No.
0: okay. Or, or, or remember them. That will be good in an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Write down your answers, and then at the end you can you know, give us your answers and see who gets the most points.
4: We could buzz in. Yeah, that's us We'll do buzz that. in with our names.
2: Okay, you can buzz
0: in, and if you get it wrong, you, you, you don't get a point. Okay, so here's Ian's factoid movie quiz. Eight questions. Do you know the answers? Question number one. In the famous poppy field scene from The Wizard of Oz... The snow coming down and calming Dorothy and her gang is made of what? Uh, Asbestos. Yes. Correct. Peter Johnson gets it right. (laughs) It was made of asbestos, which was a a popular Christmas decoration (laughs) in the United States at the time.
2: (laughs) The relatives you didn't like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, right. So this question is to the nearest hundred. In the Pixar movie Up, how many balloons did it take to lift the old man's house?
1: Andy, 3,100. Okay, anybody else? Two buzz
4: <laughs> from someone who's never yeah. seen it. <laughs>
1: 400. <laughs> 400, No,
4: Hazel. Uh, one thousand eight hundred sixty-two.
0: No, actually, well, Andy's the closest. It was actually ten thousand two hundred ninety-seven. And here's an interesting factoid: they modelers, the uh, you know the, the computer guys who do it all, actually model all of the balloons. It wasn't just like an outer shell. So inside the the build, every single balloon is done and it's coloured as well. Isn't that incredible?
3: Because they're semi-transparent, so you have to see through them. That's why.
0: 10,297 balloons to lift a house, just in case you need to know that for the future when you want to move. <laughs> okay, nice easy one for you. Which real life serial killer inspired Hannibal Lecter, Norman Bates, and Leatherface? This is a Hang on, who, who buzzed in first there? I heard the name Andy. Yeah. So I'll the... go with Andy. Oh, but what? That, that was my answer. Uh, but alternatively, Ed Gein. It was Ed Gein, correct. Ed Gein inspired him. In fact, when they discovered his house of horrors, there were lampshades and masks made from human skin.
2: Isn't
0: that terrifying? Get ready to buzz in. Number four. What is the most profitable movie of all time? Hazel. Buzz. Hazel was in first.
4: Gone with the Wind?
0: Incorrect. John was next.
2: Was it Blair Witch? Incorrect. Mm. Buzz. Buzz. Mm. Was it Willy Wanker and the Condom Factory?
4: Oh, no, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> the answer is paranormal activity. Mm. Oh. Really? It was made for a budget of $60,000 and then another $400,000 to market, but made $89 million. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Okay.
3: Amazing.
0: Unbelievable. On the same tack, or slightly different tack, number five, the two least profitable movies
1: of all time were set where?
3: This is, uh, Mars. Correct. That is is actually correct.
1: Ah, I was going to say Milton Keynes.
3: Yes,
0: the, the two biggest bombers of all time were John Carter, which lost $127 million, only beaten by Mars Needs Mums, which lost $143 million. Jesus. Yikes. The worst return on investment ever.
2: Didn't John Carter change its name? Because it was originally going to be called John Carter from Mars. Of Mars. Of Mars. And then Mars Needs Mums came out. Lust of Fortune, so they said nobody wants to see a Mars film. So they just took the word Mars out of the title and just called it John Carter.
0: And it's still bombed. It's still bombed. <laughs> okay, excellent. Great. Okay, number six, get ready to pile in. In Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the band The Weird Sisters included members of two famous pop, stroke rock bands. Hate- uh, John's Ed
2: first. Pulp and Radiohead. Correct.
4: Yeah.
0: That's right. It was Pulp Members Jarvis Cocker and Steve Mackey, as well as Radioheads Johnny Greenwood and Phil Selway. Point to John. Excellent.
3: What do you hate, Hazel? Hmm? You said I hate, but we didn't find out what.
4: No, that was the first half of my name. <laughs> I, was just, I was calling out because I knew the answer.
0: So, so the first... The first half of your name is I Hate Myself, Burton.
4: <laughs> no, the first half of my name is Hey. <laughs>
0: okay, brilliant. Okay, which director has cast more directors in their own movies than any other director? Buzz. Hazel. I, mean, I think John was in first with his name Buzz.
2: Was it John Landis?
0: Correct.
4: Uh, I, would, I would have gone for Quentin Tarantino anyway. Would you? So. I was thinking
0: that as well because he's a bit of a twat. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, John Landis has cast um, Dario Argenta, Jonathan Demme, David Cronenberg, Amy Heckling, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and Frank Oz in his own movies, plus a few more. Last question, question number eight. Which movie's film budget was so low that the makeup budget was $250 and went on to win an Oscar for makeup? Buzz. Uh, Peter? Blair Witch. Incorrect. Any other ideas?
2: Buzz. John? Um, uh, the Elephant Man. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Andy, <laughs> <elephant> <laughs> Andy. Yes, The Exorcist.
0: No. Yeah, I think we're all out of it. It was actually the Dallas Buyers Club. Mm. Oh, uh, very successful film. But the budget for makeup was two hundred and fifty dollars, and went on to win an Oscar for the makeup. Mm. There you go. Who won that? Who got the most points?
3: I think I got two. Don't know what other people got.
2: I I, I got seven. <laughs> <laughs>
3: sure yeah, you did Look, okay, I think we'll announce John as the winner then even though he's lying <laughs> and, and the biggest cheat
0: yeah the biggest cheat ever <laughs> but anyway I hope you enjoyed those questions I thought they were interesting factoids yeah, That was great thank very you interesting
1: very much so thank you
0: yeah back over to you what is the difference between a fact and a factoid uh, a fact is something that is definitely a fact a factoid is something that's definitely a fact but not necessarily that interesting <laughs>
4: <laughs> shall we buff our bluff
0: yes, yes let's, let's.
4: Okay, so we're going to do our Buff or Bluff quiz, and this is where we all have three facts, but one of those facts we have deviously made up, so we've got to try and work out which is the bluff. Who would like to go first?
1: I can go first.
3: It's not about genocide, (laughs) is it?
1: Not this time, (laughs) (laughs)
3: though.
1: So, i begin with a question. What was the best year for movies?
4: 1999.
1: 97. No, 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 no. It was 1957, as we all know. And the reason is sci-fi B-movies featuring animals that have grown to monstrous sizes.
3: Excellent. <laughs> which
1: may or may not have been influenced by uh, our recent trip to the cinema to see Godzilla vs. Kong, which was the stupidest film I've seen in years. Yes, um, it was. It's Wonderful. Yeah.
3: Stupidest in a good
1: way. It's wonderfully silly.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Subjective.
1: <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Here are two 1957 monster movies and one stupid lie that I have made up. Number one, The Deadly Mantis. Melting polar ice caps release a 200-foot praying mantis. Trapped in the ice for millions of years, the gigantic bug wreaks havoc in the Arctic and along the Canadian coast before reaching Washington, D.C., where the Americans fly a plane into it and finish it off by throwing a bomb in its face.
4: Sounds about right.
1: Number two, Day of the Beast. New York City is terrorised by an enormous, enraged hummingbird which mysteriously (laughs) appears one day and begins pecking holes in buildings. (laughs) hummingbird does it
2: only fly backwards
1: (laughs) the military arrives but the weapons don't harm the creature a plucky journalist uncovers the truth that the hummingbird is a robot created by a disgraced scientist angry that the city wouldn't fund his research the day is saved by the construction of a gigantic electrified flower in Central Park which fries the monster <laughs> when it tries to drink its nectar. Oh,
4: please. Oh, if, this wow. fil- if this film is not true y- y- you should sell the rights to Nicolas Cage because he is bound to want to make mm. that film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh I love it already. I
1: want it to be real so much. Oh. And number three. Beginning of the end. A scientist successfully grows giant vegetables using radiation but unfortunately they are eaten by grasshoppers which quickly grow to a gigantic size. After consuming all the crops in the area, the grasshoppers attack the city and begin to feast on human flesh. In the end, the scientist saves the day by drowning them all in a lake.
2: So
3: how many of these have you seen, John?
2: (laughs) I've seen one of them.
1: (laughs) I've seen one, I think, as well.
4: So we've got a giant praying mantis, Hmm. a giant hummingbird, and we've got giant grasshoppers.
1: All real plausible scenarios.
2: Now, you see, at the start of this bluff, I thought, I'm going to know these.
0: Me too. I think it's going to be like a, a Night of the Lepers and things like that. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the massive bunnies. But, yeah.
2: And the, there is one that I think I have seen, which is the praying Mantis one, I think is a real film.
3: Uh-huh. I think so
2: too. But between the last two, I've never heard of either of them.
3: No. And both of them have fairly rubbish titles as well. Mm.
4: Yeah, the beginning of hey. the end, I think, is uh, um, possibly a lazy title. Not, not to say that um, Andy would have made it up. It, it might have taken a studio to make Though it up. Though he is
3: grinning now. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I think I'm going to go for the hummingbird as a bluff, but, but I want it to be real so much that if I'm wrong, mm. I'll be very happy.
4: Yeah. I just think like Andy's mind process might have been giant, 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 and then he's gone for the alliteration. Giant grasshoppers.
3: I think even Andy wouldn't come up with a hummingbird, so I'm going for grasshoppers as well.
2: (laughs) Is there a scene where the grasshoppers rub their back legs together and make people's heads explode with a noise?
1: Sure, why not?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go for the hummingbird bean fake.
1: And the hummingbirds
4: have it. Oh! I was going to say that Andy spent a lot of time coming up with this bluff, closed the door and turned the cricket off because it was too distracting. So he put a lot oh, of effort into a this. A lot of work. Well done.
2: <laughs> Hang on. He was watching crickets. Crickets and grasshoppers. are essentially the same thing. There we go. Even though he's told me I'm over the divide, I'm going to change my answer to glass <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> sorry, John, you're wrong.
3: <laughs> ah, that backfired for some reason.
1: <laughs> but Ian was right. Yep, the hummingbird thing sadly doesn't exist. Hummingbird. Oh, God, I want that to be... Oh, I'm going to make that next week.
0: <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> idea. I would
3: love to see you try.
0: <laughs> that was a great bluff. Really good.
4: Who's next?
3: I have three sort of facts about casting.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: Number one. The role of Simba as an adult in the Disney animated Lion King was sung by podcast favourite Joseph Williams of Toto fame, son of famous composer John Williams. Mm -hmm. Number two. Loads of actors were considered for Ian Malcolm in 1993's Jurassic Park, a role that went to Jeff Goldblum. As well as Jim Carrey, Steve Guttenberg and Johnny Depp, producers approached Bill Murray for the role, but he never replied. Number three. The same actor played the original Cousin It in The Adams Family TV show and annoying robot Tweakie in Buck Rogers in the 70s. He also doubled for Drew Barrymore under a sheet in E.T. that she was too young to work nights. Which is the bluff.
0: Well, I know the Bill Murray one is true. I've read that. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty certain he was, mm. he was approached for the movie.
2: He famously has an answer phone mm. that you can ring and leave a note. He and doesn't he, have an agent, yeah, does he? He might no. or might not get back to you.
4: I'm pretty sure the Lion King fact is true. There were obviously two actors who played Simba. Was was the other one Matthew Broderick?
2: It was Matthew Broderick in the original, wasn't it? Yeah, I know he sang the part of
3: the adult, mm-hmm. but I don't think he probably played the adult.
4: I've just heard the connection with the Toto before.
3: However, I can tell you he didn't sing Africa and he didn't sing Rosanna. They were both about two years before he joined the band. Oh, ooh. Simba gets to mm-hmm. sing the songs Hakuna Matata and Can You Feel the Love Tonight?
2: Elton John sang those.
4: He Ro- wrote them. He
3: just sang a version of it. It's like Aladdin has two versions when the plot is happening and a sort of pop version at the end.
2: Which was sung fiercely by Peter, what's his face? Peter Andre and Jordan in one of the greatest <laughs> cover versions of all time.
3: And <laughs> We won't say what it's covered in. <laughs> okay, what's our answers? What do we reckon?
4: I have no idea about the third one. It seems plausible. Um especially Drew Barrymore not being able to to work nights because she was too young. Yeah. yeah. I just have a feeling the first one is true. Um I think the second one is as well. So I will I will plump for the third one not knowing anything about it.
2: Okay. Could I have a clarification what part is the bluff on the third one?
3: The third one is just that the same person played all three parts.
2: Mm. I did know that he played the first two, but I don't know whether he was under a blanket with Drew Barrymore because she couldn't work nights.
1: He wasn't under a blanket with Drew Barrymore. She was a child at the time.
2: Drew Barrymore wasn't under a blanket. Was E.T. that was under a blanket?
4: Wait a minute. This is all falling <laughs> apart,
3: people. <Peter. laughs> was she not also under a sheet?
0: Oh, was she? oh right. Okay, we've got the answer now. <laughs> Number three. Number three.
4: Yeah. Three. I, I watched E.T. for the first time uh, a few months ago, and I can't I can't remember her being under the blanket. It was definitely E.T. They, when they dressed him up.
2: Was she not under a sheet to make E.T. look convincing?
4: Did you not dream this entire thing,
2: Peter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't split with a girl in part because she didn't like E.T., and therefore I assumed she had no soul.
0: Then she
3: wouldn't go under the blanket with you.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Andy, commit yourself. I think
1: Cousin It is taller than Drew Barrymore, therefore three.
3: Okay.
2: So we've all got for three. What's E.T. short for? Stop it, John. Because he's got little legs.
4: <laughs> yeah, <I like>.
3: hello. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. Well, he does have little legs, because according to my possibly not very good research, the same actor did play all those three parts. It was a guy called Felix Siller who died this year and is three foot eleven. His less known credits are playing a child in the Star Trek pilot, a hang gliding ewok in Return of the Jedi, a child gorilla in Planet of the Apes, he stunt doubled for short round in Temple of Doom, played Howard the Duck, and was a penguin on Batman Returns. <laughs> Quite a good CV, really.
4: Yeah. And if our listeners could uh let us know if it was Drew Barrymore or E.T. under the sheet, that would be great.
3: <laughs> no, it was definitely
1: E. T. under the sheet.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I think the idea was that E.T. going under the sheet was uh, pretending to be Drew Barrymore, whatever her character was called, and she was hiding off somewhere else. Yeah, This was a way for them to take E.T. out through uh, the town. Yes, So there may have been a little bit before that where she was under the sheet.
3: Give us the answer. The role of Simba was played by John Williamson. He sang the adult Simba. And the one I made up was Bill Murray, who was never approached for that role. The one that Ian said strongly was As usual. absolutely true ian. he was i just I
1: trusted remember. you ian. Oh, no
0: no, i've just remembered i've just remembered it wasn't that role it was like another <laughs> famous role
1: Just, that just road road now that Peter's oh, wow.
3: and i also knew john couldn't resist offering the information about the way that you contact bill murray it oh, was a trap for john
1: i thought that one was suspicious because <laughs> they were all comedians and it was, would have been a different take on the character but oh ian you're just you, I, you, you spoke and I followed. I've, I've <laughs> broken the game.
4: <laughs> Would you like to know the top roles that Bill Murray turned down?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yes, please.
4: We've got Bad Santa.
3: Good choice.
1: Yeah,
4: played by uh, Billy Bob Thornton. We've got Rain Man. So that was the Dustin Hoffman role. Mm. Philadelphia, the Tom Hanks role. Cape Fear.
2: Presumably the De Niro role in Cape Fear or the Nick Nolte role.
4: The Robert De Niro one. Oh,
1: He's too charming for that, I think.
4: Forrest Gump? Bill Murray's Forrest Gump. That would have been...
1: Yeah. That
0: was the one I was thinking <laughs> of.
4: Uh, <laughs> uh, Star Wars. The um, Harrison Ford role. Ah,
3: <laughs> <No, laughs> bullshit. That would have been great.
4: According to this... Are
2: you
3: just making these up now?
4: He should answer his phone more.
2: Do you know who would have been better than Bill Murray as Forrest Gump? If they'd just not made Forrest Gump? <laughs>
4: John, your Forrest Gump hate hurts me. it's one of my favorite ever films talking of tom hanks my buff or bluff is actually about tom hanks and steven spielberg so two of my favorite filmmakers number one according to the numbers website which is a legitimate website uh, Steven Spielberg is the top-grossing director at the domestic box office, so the U.S. box office. And Tom Hanks is the third top actor when he's in a leading role for box office. So you got Steven Spielberg, top director, Tom Hanks, third leading actor.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
3: okay. I thought the Russo brothers were the top directors. Now, are well, they not?
4: Um, this is an up-to-date website, so no. Okay. Unless I'm lying. Hmm. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> number 2. Tom Hanks's top 3 movies ranked on Rotten Tomatoes are all his Toy Story movies. So Toy Story 1 and 2 are all at 100% and Toy Story 3 comes in at third place with 98%. Okay. Mm. He's slipping. <laughs> um and number 3, each of the top 3 movies ranked on Rotten Tomatoes made by Steven Spielberg were all made before the 1990s. So we've got number one is E.T., made in 1982. Number two is Jaws, made in 1975. And number three is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, made in 1977. So, which one is The Bluff?
2: Right, so if you think of 90s Spielberg films, Mm -hmm. you've got Schindler's List and Jurassic Park in there. Hmm.
1: Jurassic Park would be very near the
2: top wouldn't it yeah Yeah. you've
4: also got you know post 2000 you've got Catch Me If You Can uh, Bridge of Spies
2: Hook (laughs) I'm a stud
4: Artificial Intelligence War
2: of the Worlds so this is the critics scores or Uh,
4: this is their Rotten Tomatoes score so I believe it is a collaboration of their critics and Mm. user
3: Uh, could I have the first one again
4: Steven Spielberg is the top grossing director of all time at the US box office. And Tom Hanks, when he's playing a leading role, he is the third topped actor at the US box office.
1: Ah, When
4: you put all of his films together.
1: With the caveat that they're in a leading role, that takes Samuel L. Jackson way out of it. Because he has little bits in thousands of movies. And I think that would apply to um, Mm. most of the people who would be in Avengers films.
2: There's a voiceover actor as well, isn't there, who's in lots and lots of things.
4: All right. This is going to be misleading then, so I'll just take leading out. It Tom Hanks is the third top actor at the US box office.
1: Okie dokie. Uh, bluff.
2: <laughs> I would have said Tom Hanks is nowhere near, but then your second question was about the Toy Story films.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: But there's people like Samuel L. Jackson has been in everything. Christopher Lee had... Decent roles in Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, which I think puts him up there. Frank Wilker, possibly, I think, who does voice roles like in the Transformers films and loads and loads of other things, who I think is actually the highest grossing actor. But then you've got people like Tom Cruise, who I think would be in that vein and would be more successful. I think that's the book, because I don't think Tom Hanks is anywhere near the third. Maybe the third nicest.
1: <laughs> would Spielberg be the top grossing director as well?
4: Just for clarification, um, this bluff, it's either completely true about both of those Mm. or completely false. It's not one or the other.
3: Okay.
2: I'm going to go for that as a bluff. Yeah. Yes, I'll join you, John. So do
3: we think all Spielberg hits were in the 80s and Jurassic Park doesn't get a look in?
1: Oh, that's a point. All of these are annoyingly plausible. Mm. <laughs> Number two as well, the the Toy Story films, because surely the outstanding, incomparably brilliant Forrest Gump mm. would be right at the top of Tom Hanks' best-rated films. So that one's difficult as well.
2: You know, I suppose that film where he talks about basketball for three hours, gets a bit skinny, and then goes home and his wife's left him. <laughs> Happen, it happened to us all. I went to the beach once and she'd gone... <laughs> 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 when... <laughs> Isn't
0: Dwayne Johnson the highest paid actor in the world at the moment? At
2: the moment, yes. He might be highest
4: paid, but it's the amount of money that he brings in. So Mm. he might not Mm. be worth it. You never know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will go for number one as the bluff. Please and thank you.
3: I'm going to go for number three because Jurassic Park. I'll go for number two because that's between one and three. Someone has to get it wrong.
2: (laughs) I can't decide between (laughs) one and three. I'm fairly confident the Toy Story one is correct. I'm going to go for number four. (laughs) (laughs)
4: is that the fact that Forrest Grump is one of the best films ever made that was my number four fact I'm going
2: to say that's the bluff yes (laughs) (laughs) number three
4: okay so the first fact about uh, Steven Spielberg being the top grossing director and Tom Hanks being the number three actor completely true damn the Russo brothers are at his heels, but Steven Spielberg remains number one. And Tom Hanks, do you want to have a guess at who is above him in the one and two spot?
0: Dwayne Johnson.
4: He's not even in the top ten. No.
0: Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. L.
4: Jackson. Yeah, number one. Christopher Lee. Nope, Christopher Lee doesn't make an appearance in the top mm. ten either. I would say if you're looking at Samuel L. Jackson, you don't need to be looking too far.
1: Oh, Robert Downey Jr.? Yes, mm. correct.
4: In fact, most of the top 10 are Avengers actors. So uh, you've got Scarlett Johansson following Tom Hanks, then Bradley Cooper. Harrison Ford has dropped a little, um, but he is still in the top 10. You've got Chris Evans, uh, Chris Hemsworth, Zoe Saldana, and then Chris Pratt rounding out the top 10. So, oh, wow. Number two uh, about Tom Hanks's top three movies ranked on Rotten Tomatoes. That is true as well. They are all Toy Story movies. Um, really, really, really high scoring. So The Bluff was number three. Yay. The 90s movie that did make it into the top three, it was suggested it was Jurassic Park. That's not true. Channel's list? Yes. Jaws and E.T., they're both at the top uh, with uh, 100%. And then Schindler's List is 98%. Who
2: didn't like Schindler's List? It was like Hitler doing movie reviews at some point after he died. (laughs) Possibly.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then you've got Close Encounters after that. And Catch Me If You Can, uh, number five.
1: Excellent. Very interesting. Thank you. Shall I go next? Come on, John.
2: I have for you three questions on the funding of films. The murky world of corporate and film finance colliding in a way to make movie magic. <laughs> the Grim Backroom Deals. You may
3: be overselling this now. <laughs> yeah, I, I am overselling it, yeah.
4: <laughs> grim Backroom Deals is the name of my sex
2: tape. <laughs> 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 okay, so I have for you three ways in which films were funded. Funding? I have for you three <laughs> ways.
0: <laughs> John, are you from Norway?
2: i've been playing assassin's creed valhalla too much can you tell me which of these is a horrible horrible lie before it was picked up by warner brothers early financial funding for the exorcist was paid for by the vatican in the belief that a film about demonic possession could lead people back to the catholic church the film was dropped upon a review of the script where a archbishop said the foul language within this film is a viler hit upon people than the devil himself. <coughs> and the, uh, the Vatican dropped its funding and Warner Brothers picked it up in turnaround.
1: Silly Vatican.
2: <laughs> Number two. Early 70s grot film Deep Throat, everyone's favourite erotic misadventure, was funded by the Mafia. They funded it and then decided to tour it around America in a process known as four-walling where they would basically hire the cinema for the night and then keep all the ticket sales. It was money laundering. They thought nobody would go and see the film. They could say loads of people would see it and use it as a money laundering scam. Hmm. Unfortunately, or fortunately for them, the film was so successful, it sold out wherever it went, making them millions of dollars, and they transitioned from gangsters to legitimate film promoters, using the profits to fund things such as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and other 70s films.
3: Hmm. I like the extra detail yeah
2: number three is Grave Robbers from Outer Space (laughs) Grave Robbers from Outer (laughs) Space was funded by a local Baptist church in return for three things firstly that the filmmakers would also make a film about the um, Baptist hero Billy Sunday number two because grave digging was not a good thing they would change the title of the film to Plan 9 from Outer Space.
4: Oh, no. Uh.
2: <laughs> and number three, that each member of the cast and crew had to be baptised before filming could begin.
4: Oh. 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 oh, this was all featured in the film, Ed Wood.
2: It was, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Can you remember some baptising scenes? Because I think I can. I think I, I, think I remember Bella the Lugosi being lowered into the water.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, if you're trying to make up a religious name, Billy Sunday is pretty damn implausible.
2: I should say the Billy Sunday film never got made.
3: Mm,
1: Well, Plan 9 barely did.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Do you say it was a, a kind of a small community Baptist church?
2: It was like the local Baptist church in the city where the films were made.
1: What are they doing funding a film rather than, you know, feeding the hungry and the stuff that they tend to do sometimes?
2: The guy had been trying to make his Billy Sunday film for a long time and he believed by financing Plan 9 from Outer Space as it was finally known that he would get his biopic made.
4: Were the Vatican Church scared that people were going to go to the Sistine Chapel and throw up in the ceiling?
2: Potentially, yes. I mean, mean, the the guy that wrote The Exorcist, William Peter Blatty, was a practising Catholic. The, The way he justified it, was that it was a religious piece in that if the devil is real then god is real Mm. and therefore it could drive people to church and i think when the film finally came out a lot of people who you know were absentee churchgoers did refine their faith because it was that scary
1: i just believe that one i think it's really 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 silly but it's the catholic church so true
0: well i know billy sunday is a real person was like i think he was a baseball player wasn't he then became like the, the most famous evangelist it was like it, it was like the precursor yeah. to the modern day evangelists
1: yeah i think number 2 is a bluff because it's the producers with a happier ending
2: <laughs> and more cum shots <laughs> well that yeah i like the detail of
3: funding the other things and becoming movie producers so that was nice mm-hmm.
2: i think
0: i'll go for number 1 the uh, the idea that vatican might be fooled into footing something and then pull out and
3: not entirely sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. The Exorcist one sounds stupid enough to be plausible, that just at some very early stage, maybe. Yeah, I I mean, it never got anywhere
2: near actually being made. It's one of these things where you think it just vaguely rings a bell. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the book was a phenomenon, and I think they knew the book was like a big religious thing, and they picked it up, and then someone actually sat down and read it and went, oh.
3: I think I'm going for Deep Throat. Are you, Peter? I'll be round in a minute.
2: Peter, pull that microphone out. You can't get it that far down.
4: (laughs) I reckon John secretly wants to join the Mafia and fund a movie, so I'm going for Deep Throat as the bluff.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Deep Throat was funded by the Mafia, (laughs) who became legitimate film producers as a result of its unexpected success. Wow. Plan 9 from Outer Space was funded by the local Baptist church. But as far as I'm aware, the Vatican never was involved in funding the yes. film.
4: <laughs> Very good. I win something. Excellent. <laughs> right, Ian, your buff or bluff, please.
0: Here we go. I, I have four things. Mm-hmm. One of them is a lie. <laughs> okay.
3: You can never count, can you?
0: No, I can't. <laughs> Number one. NASA shows the movie Armageddon during their management training programme. Two. Interstellar. For the cornfield scene, when the jeep drives through the cornfield, they realised they would have to actually make their own cornfield, so they paid money for 500 acres of corn to be planted they could use in the movie. Weirdly enough, at the end of the movie, they sold the corn and it actually made a profit.
4: Hmm. At least something did for that movie. It's not
3: that weird. That's what people do for a living.
0: Hmm. Number three, Star Trek. The classic sound of the automatic doors opening on the USS Enterprise is a Russian train's toilet flushing. <laughs>
4: Specifically Russian.
0: And finally, in Superman, Henry Cavill was mistakenly given too many steroids to bulk up his body, and his face became covered in acne, which is a side effect of steroids. They spent a small fortune on makeup and digital touching up to remove the pock marks on his cheeks.
4: Mm.
1: He could have just grown a moustache to cover it up.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure about the steroids. Um, Henry Cavill did say he dehydrated himself for three days to get the muscle definition. But the steroids is a heavy, heavy rumour that most superhero actors are taking them in order to yeah. have their current appearance. Mm. Let's say no I more. I mean, is
2: Chris Hemsworth angry at the moment? And the last time he checked his testicles had they shrunk to the size of a mouse's?
4: His arms <laughs> are the size of Utah at the moment, are they? <laughs> There's a shot from uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, which is just wrapped, where it's just insane. Just drinking milk. Yeah, get back in the boot, son.
3: (laughs) So, Ian, what would NASA use Armageddon for? Well, I'm not telling you that. Mm -hmm. I'm just
0: saying NASA shows the movie Armageddon during their management training programme.
4: I can tell you why. I
0: can tell you why.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's to point out how many mistakes...
3: Yes. They count how many mistakes the engineers can find. It's part of the entrance exam. Which
4: is not the point, because it's a movie.
3: There'll only be one or two, won't there?
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, casting Van Affleck <laughs> is number one.
3: No, oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what the sound
1: was for number three. I thought I had heard something about the doors on Star Trek and the noise for it, but It could well have been one of the 10,000 spoofs of Star Trek that have been since. Mm. It could have been something to do with making the Galaxy Quest or Airplane 2 or Futurama or anything. I have heard that it was just a sheet of paper in an envelope just being pulled out, just going, shh. But that does sound a lot like every Russian train toilet I've ever experienced.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know number two, um, I made a version of the film where I just put my cock and balls into a pint of lager. And that's Interstellar. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Yeah. 500 acres is a, a large number of acres. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've not seen Interstellar. How much running through corn is there? Could they not have just used a map painting background or some mm-hmm. CGI or something to fill in the corn?
4: I blocked that movie from my mind. It's so dull.
2: Uh, a lot of the money was basically had somebody running through a field, but then when they processed it, Theresa May was in the background doing the same. So they had to digitally remove her.
3: Oh, uh, dear. Uh topical. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think that probably number four is the bluff because I don't believe that they would openly admit that England's sweetheart, Henry Cavell, would be full of steroids.
4: Mm. I mean, he probably was, but they wouldn't mm. admit to it. And I, I, I think
2: Ian is going down the moustache route because they had to digitally remove something from his face. So I think he's swapped a moustache for acne.
4: I still think that's probably true. Uh, and he's like confessed it to someone on a chat show and be like, oh shit, don't tell anyone. I'm probably going to go for the the Russian toilet. I think it might be something else.
3: I'm going for that because I'd, I'd heard something about paper. Mm. like It's either like ruffling sheets of paper or it's, it's the
2: And also in the 60s, it was like the Cold War. So they probably wouldn't have access to a Russian toilet. If you went to have a wee in a Russian toilet, you were probably a spy. So how would you know what noise it made? Unless Gene Roddenberry was uh, a spy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for number three as well, but I'm very much prepared to hear that that was Future Armour or something. Mm. So
0: here we go. <clears throat> NASA shows the movie Armageddon during their management training programme. They do. And like you say, they have to spot how many mistakes there are. And to date, there were
3: 168 <laughs> mistakes in <laughs> space. Is that counting or not counting, Ben Affleck?
4: 168 is probably like the running time, like a, mm. a mistake a minute. <laughs>
0: yeah. Interstellar, because Nolan actually seeded 500 acres of corn. It's true. It's weird. They actually built a whole massive cornfield and then sold the corn for a profit at the end. Oh, very odd. In Superman, Henry Cavill was mistakenly given too many steroids, and then he's facing out an acne. Is fake. <gasps> oh. It's a bluff. Wow. He actually refused to take any steroids at all. He he said, that I have to work my body properly if I want to inhabit this role, and I will do it honestly. So he did it real. In Star Trek, the sound of the automatic doors opening the USS Enterprise is at Russian Trains toilet flushing. Oh, yay. <laughs> That's much better than paper.
2: I think Future has somebody following the guy around making the sound. <laughs>
1: In Airplane 2, they just go shh at the door and it opens for them and repeats the noise, (laughs) which I think is a very efficient way.
3: Hi. As everyone knows, Ian got that last question a bit wrong. The doors were a Russian train toilet on J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie. The original series used paper and an envelope.
4: That's all for this episode of NerdFest. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, do check out our news and insights on social media. We're at UK on Twitter and Facebook. And if you like the episode, please do subscribe, tell your friends, and if you can, leave us a positive review. John, what is your gift today for people who leave us a review?
2: If anybody leaves us a positive review, I'm going to come round to the outside of your house. I am going to remove a John-sized portion of bricks and enter into the cavity between the outside and the inside and walk around <laughs> in that cavity, making the noise of a rustled toilet flushing every time you open a door. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so I think that's our best prize yet. <laughs> so until next time, you've been listening to... A man who... Ah, a giant goose! A man on steroids.
3: (laughs) A man who wished he'd done his research better for this episode.
2: A man whose erotic magnum opus was not a financial success and is now waiting for the mafia to come round and break his legs.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And a woman who is actually a giant hummingbird waiting for the movie to be made about her. It could be true. It's an audio podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. It's been a long time. Uh.